if you don't have uh, the Word of God on your phone, we recommend you version. And with it, you can have uh, the Word of God at your fingertips. You can uh, find plans that will help it make sense. And you can even follow along uh, on our screens, on your phone, uh, while you're here. So uh, if you don't have a Bible, you should download one. Uh, so in as we've kind of called it, of Revelation, uh, we find ourselves getting closer and closer to the end of this seven-year Great Tribulation, and thus the end of time as we know it. Uh, last week in chapter 14, we took a, a few steps back, and, and we looked at the panoramic view of what the rest of Revelation will look like. And we've seen that heaven is not silent. The sealed 144,000 are now with the Lamb. They are separate from unbelievers around them in the world, but not of the world. They're described as spiritually pure. Their hearts have not wandered away from the Lord to worship idols. They stand with Christ and they sing to the Lamb. Heaven is not silent in chapter 14. Next we heard the three angels, each with, with an announcement of their own. Uh, the first angel announced the everlasting gospel to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Everlasting, that's a word used to describe the eternality of God. That tells us that this, uh, this scarlet thread of the good news of Jesus that we've been tracing for so, many, for, for so many weeks, for over two years now, it was never an afterthought, it was never plan B, it was never a knee-jerk reaction to sin. It's always been the plan to redeem mankind from the grips of Satan and sin. The first angel's announcement is found in Revelation 14, 7. Fear God and give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth and sea and springs of water. The second, his announcement is found in, in verse 8 in chapter 14. Babylon has fallen. And we saw last week something that started with a tower Back in Genesis 11, Babylon stands for an intoxicated and pleasure-seeking lifestyle and complete rebellion and rejection of the things of God. The whole attitude of Babylon says, I don't need God. I don't need to listen to God. I don't need his rules. I don't need his imposition. All I need is myself because I know better than God. It is the attitude and it is the religious system of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet and of everyone who follows anything that they are associated with. The announcement of its fall means that God is victorious, and Satan has lost. And so uh, go ahead and remind your neighbor, that's good news. That's good news. God wins, Satan loses. And it's almost as if the, the third angel speaks directly to us here today, as he uh, addresses those who are kind of torn between following the beast, adopting the lifestyle of Babylon, or following the lamb. And so he warns against God's wrath for those who don't choose the lamb. Uh, choose wisely. Verse 11 could desc will describe those who do not follow the lamb. The smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. So contrasted with this horrific picture is the eternal joy and rest and blessing that comes to those who surrender to the gospel. And what's next, finally in chapter 14, is the reaping. Where God takes his own and lets the fullness of his wrath down on those who are against him. 
So this leads us to chapter 15 today. It's an introduction into the final stage of judgment uh, that is represented by seven bowls of the wrath of God poured out on the earth. So this is at the end of the seven-year tribulation. Uh, So if you've been with us the last few weeks, uh, you know we have been treading some pretty deep water. And so I kind of see chapter 15 as kind of like a sandbar out in the middle of the ocean. Um, it, it's a chance for us to kind of catch our breath and, um, and, and just take a, take a step back again and, because we have some more deep water coming, uh, but hopefully today we can kind of catch our breath and get ready for the finale. So we've already seen seven seals, seven trumpets in chapters 6 through 8. Now we see seven bowls, and so uh, this is the third woe from chapter 12, verse 11, if you are able Please stand as we read uh, the entire short chapter 15 of Revelation. Hear the word of the Lord. And then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, And over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. Verse 5. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle, the testimony in heaven was open. And out of the temple came the seven angels, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure, bright linen, and having their chests girded with golden bands. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls, full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Thank you. You can have a seat. Well, church, as we have seen uh, over and over again, um, here in this final stage of judgment, heaven is not silent. We've already heard from the 144,000. We've heard from the three angels. Now, number one on your outline, the first blank. Now we hear the voice of the victors. The voice of the victors. Look at verses one and two once again. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, And over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. So notice uh, verse 1 tells us that we are in heaven once again. And this description of the sea of glass is the same as the description from the throne room in chapter 4, verse 6. And you'll notice this time it's mingled with fire, indicating there is now turmoil in this peaceful and serene scene because of the judgment that's coming. So being in heaven, these victors would then be martyrs. The next blank on your outline. Believers killed during the tribulation. 
I mean, imagine not being able to buy or sell anything. All earthly resources cut off. And in that situation, uh, we might be able to scrounge enough to survive for a little while. I mean, uh, admittedly, some more than others. But I kind of picture this as believers almost being hunted down. I mean, it's happened in history before. Different people groups hunted to extinction. And it seems like that is the goal here. The Antichrist government, they might give the chance to take the mark of the beast, but then if somebody won't, they will be imprisoned, chapter 13, 10 tells us, or executed. It's easy to see these believers will be completely dependent upon the Lord for their daily needs. Psalm 124 again comes to mind. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The ones who don't bow down, even in the face of certain death, these are the ones who have victory over the beast, his mark, and the image that he set up in the temple and gave life to that we have seen recently. Just like in the gospel, victory comes to those who lay down their lives. Luke 9, 23 and 24, Jesus said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. The victory of Jesus comes to the one who lays down his life. Victory comes through surrender. The next blank on your outline. Victory comes through surrender. Verses 2 and 3, once again. Standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So just get this picture in your head. The, the picture the people of God standing near the sea, having been saved by the blood of the Lamb, and singing. If you think about it, that is a familiar picture. We see it, the same thing in Exodus. Remember the, the Exodus from Egypt? Um, Think about it. What saved their firstborn from death when they painted its blood on their doorpost? It was the lamb. They stood by the Red Sea as God, after God miraculously parted it and crushed their enemies. And they sang the song of Moses. If we, if we do a little research, we see there are actually two recorded songs of Moses in the Old Testament. One is in Deuteronomy 32. The other is in Exodus 15, which is where we're headed next. So just, just remember the setting. God's people, they agonized under the weight of Egyptian oppression. And they cried out to God, and he listened, and he acted. And ten plagues later, they walked out of Egypt, plundering them as they left. But not long after, Pharaoh decided he didn't want to let them go. And so he pursued them into a corner where it appeared like there was no way out. But even so, God protected his own, shielding them with the cloud and parting the Red Sea. His watch and care was with them every step of the uncertain way. And once he allowed the Egyptians to continue their pursuit, they were drowned. God's enemies were completely destroyed. Now, before I, I began diving into Revelation, this, this study here, I kind of always sectioned off Revelation. 
I mean, the first three chapters, they, they are the letters to the churches. And then the rest of the book is all the visions and prophecy. But let us not forget that these visions and prophecies were, were originally written to the same churches that the letters were written to in the early chapters. The same churches. The same persecuted, hurting, uncertain, fledgling churches. So when they heard the song of Moses, their minds would have immediately went back to Exodus and the victory that God showed there. The message to them, hold fast your faith, even in uncertain times, because God will bring victory. You just have to trust. That's the next blank on your outline. Victory comes by trusting. Victory comes through trusting the one and only sovereign God who is still in control even through the end of the age. So turn over to Exodus 15 and, and, and read or listen to this in light of Revelation and where we are in this program of the end of time. Exodus 15, and Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious, in verse 6. Glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy into pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire will be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But then God stepped in. Look at verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness? Fearful in praises, doing wonders. You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them up. You in your mercy have, have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Verse 16. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone. Till your people pass over, O Lord. Till the people pass over. Whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. So that is the song of Moses. And it is quite victorious in the setting of Exodus, but like we've seen before here in Revelation. It is on a much grander scale. The 144,000, they sang a song that no one else could learn except for them in chapter 14. But here is a song that we can all still sing today because it is still true today. Notice what they said in Revelation. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the Saints. 
who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. So in the middle of all these future events, we're brought back to the here and now. Babylon, the religious system, the rebellious religious system of Satan will fall. As believers, we don't have to give in. As believers, the Lord will give us strength to continue to move forward. We just have to surrender and we just have to trust daily. The Lord God Almighty will fight our battles. He alone is holy. He alone deserves our worship. So church, continue to hold fast your faith and be ready when he does return. Now, I am I'm starting to understand Revelation a little bit better as I've, I've had, had to dive in for these messages. But what I've come to the conclusion of, the clearest message that we may be able to get out of this book, Jesus is coming back. He alone deserves our worship. So continue to hold fast your faith and be ready when he does return. I mean, I, th- I think maybe that's, that's the, the bottom line, the foundation of what revelation means can mean to us here today. Jesus is coming back. He alone deserves our worship. So continue to hold fast your faith and be ready when he does. I mean, we all agree there are a lot of things in Revelation that we cannot fully understand. And as I've stated before, there is room for interpretation on all these visions and who and what they represent. But one thing that we can be certain of, Jesus is coming back and we are called to hold our faith until he returns. Be ready for when he returns. And so, church, I ask you this today. If all these things that we've been looking at these last couple months were set into motion, would you be ready? Would you be ready? Is is there anything going on in your life currently that you would be ashamed of when you saw God face to face and he called you out on it? Because church, he's calling us out now. And he's given us grace and mercy to be done with whatever it is. As, as believers, we like to think uh, Jesus returns before, before all this is set in motion. But what if he doesn't? What if we are called to endure any number of these persecutions that will come? Are you ready? Are you growing in your faith? Or is all it would take is one major thing for you to walk away from it altogether? What's it going to take for us to be done with Babylon? What's it going to take for us to completely choose Jesus and not something else? Well, I'll tell you, it's going to take surrender. It's going to take trust. But if there is something else, what is it? Because that's where you need to start in your heart with confession. Do our lives today sing this song of worship of Moses, Do our, our lives praise the Almighty God for His works and His ways? Psalm 145, 17 says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and gracious in all His works. Look at Revelation 15 again. And notice how God is described here. This is our God, church. This is our God who we worship, who we claim to live for. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. That word great used there is where we get our word for mega. 
So it's a word that means large in mass and weight, but also in number and quantity and importance, authority and intensity. The word marvelous, it describes something that that causes amazement and is worthy of admiration. You know, man has done a lot of things, but nothing comes close to the works of our God. We have seen God as the Lord God Almighty already here in this study. It means the one who holds sway over all things. It goes on to describe him, just and true are your ways. Words that mean absolutely righteous and faultless and genuine. He's the king of the saints who should be feared. Uh, means treated with utmost reverence and obedience. Because he is holy, completely set apart from others. Verse 4 here in in Revelation 15, it anticipates the coming kingdom of God where every nation will worship the Lamb and everything will be as He wants it to be. We'll see that in chapter 20. This song of Moses is a song that we will sing to Him for all eternity. And it, it tells us His judgments are about to be made obvious. Let's start in, in chapter 16 next week. As we make our way off this sandbar and into the deep once again. But this is the God who brings victory. Only God brings victory. The next blank's on your outline. That victory comes through surrender, trusting, ultimately through Jesus. And so here we see the gospel right here in Revelation 15. Shortest Shortest chapter in the book, just eight little verses. They, they speak the gospel. They sing the gospel. Look at verse 5. We begin to close. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle, the testimony in heaven was open. And out of the temple came seven angels, having seven plagues, clothed in pure bright linen, and having, on, having their chests girded with golden bands. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with the smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. And so once again, uh, the scene is the heavenly temple, but it is also reminiscent of the temple in the Old Testament. We see there two times... Uh, smoke filled the temple. When Solomon dedicated it in 1 Kings 8, and when Isaiah saw his vision of the Lord in Isaiah 6. Smoke represents the presence of God. You can write that down. Smoke represents the manifest presence of God. And so here in Revelation, there is no doubt the source of the coming judgment. It is God Almighty. Chapter 16, verse 1, I heard a shout of command from the temple to the seven angels, begin, pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. And this is where I hope to pick it up next week. But as we go into a time of invitation, you just bow your heads and, and close your eyes to allow God to work in your heart. We always like to Answer a few questions. What has God said to you? What are you going to do about it? As we've seen here this morning, 
Victory comes to those who surrender.